hi to the family of the Adventist Voice podcast. I know that it's been a long time uh, that I've posted anything on this blog and uh, uh, some people are wondering where I went. And uh, I took uh, a rather long break and uh, during that long break a lot that's happened in my life. I've kept the walk with Christ. I've fallen several times. I've risen up seven times and uh, the Lord has been faithful and uh, I've really seen the faithfulness of God, the grace of God. You know, sometimes I've fallen so far that I never thought that I'd rise back up again. But one thing that has always kept me up is that no matter how hard I fall, no matter how far I fall, I've always kept the routine of prayer. And prayer and prayer however short it is uh, last sunday this past sunday i was sharing with a prayer group that i'm in that the privilege of prayer as uh, sister ellen white says in um, the the book steps to christ in the chapter privilege of prayer is prayer is really powerful and sometimes you kneel down and do not know even what to say to god and uh, you know you mumble a few words and you don't even feel like going on you don't feel like pouring out your heart to god because of maybe anger anxiety or the guilt of sin or sometimes you are just too fatigued to even uh, speak any words to god but those those few words that you speak god is listening you know uh, it's like a father to son conversation no matter how few words the son will always speak to the father a loving father will always listen and uh, you know sometimes i think we always wait for us to get emotional we always wait for us to be overwhelmed you know and for us to have feelings you know you want to kneel down this has happened to me before you want to kneel down and pray but then you are thinking that you know you are thinking that what the, the prayer that i just prayed is not powerful enough that prayer it could not have reached God the way I spoke that prayer but the bible says that you know the holy spirit intercedes for us intercedes for us in prayers and in groans that you cannot understand and even sometimes the prayer that you speak and you are convinced that that prayer was really genuine you know the holy the holy spirit still goes through it with a red pen and he crosses out things and he adds out he adds things that is interceding for you with groans that you cannot understand because your prayers it is coming from sinful lips and you know full of um selfishness because you're always asking God to do things for you and uh, you know Paul in 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 several instances in his epistles is encouraging the believers to to pray for the apostles to pray for the churches to pray for you know the whole congregations in their churches and sometimes when we kneel down as ourselves we tend to focus so much on ourselves we tend to focus so much on our families and our close friends and the things that we need and uh, we spend very little time in confession we spend very little time uh, in interceding for others for even others that we do not know because there are so many people around who are going through uh, such hard times and so Uh, during my period of of silence i went through 
uh, several things. I went through several emotions. And, um, you know, uh, one of those things is, you know, I've, I've really been tested and I've also uh, tested the other side of not walking with Jesus every day, of not um, keeping the word of God in my heart so that I cannot sin against God. That is Psalms chapter 119 verse 11. And uh, I just thank God for his grace and I thank God for, you know, his faithfulness that no matter where we go, uh, no matter where we go, um, God is always following us closely from behind. Remember the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son left home with half, uh, with his share of of inheritance. And this is like us who who live the fold of God with the grace of God, with the protection of Christ and we venture out into the dark world and uh, we, f- we leave behind the light of Christ. Christ says in um, John chapter 8 verse 12 that uh, he is the light of the world and whoever walks with him shall not walk in darkness And uh, but he says also that men instead loved the darkness more than light and sometimes we leave home where there was light, where there was the protection of Christ, and we get curious by the flashy things of the world, by the the world of sex, by the world of alcohol, by the world of you know materialism and all these things, by the world of music and secular music and all these things and movies and Netflix and all those things, and we 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 say that we know what we are doing, that you know we are just tasting that there's nothing wrong with watching this movie there's nothing wrong with taking this sip of wine there's nothing wrong with doing this there's nothing wrong with texting with this woman who is not my wife up to late into the night and so uh like the prodigal son went out and uh, you know he squandered his wealth in reckless living and then one day he sat down after he had suffered much and uh you know, he's eating with the pigs and all his clothes that he had left home with had worn out and his friends whom he had thought were his friends when he had money had deserted him. So he sits down and he says to himself that, you know, where when I was with my father, when I was in my father's compound, I used to be so well taken care of. I used to be well catered for. And uh, I know that I've wronged my father and I've wronged heaven and I've committed a great sin even before heaven. But I will go back to my father. And even though he did, he did not take me in to be his son, yet I will ask him if I could even be his servant just so that I can be near him. And sometimes uh, when you have wandered so far away like the prodigal son, you know, how we come back to our senses and you say, you know, when I used to walk with God closely, when I used to keep his word in my heart, when I used to, you know, be encouraged by the hymns in the hymnal, when I used to, you know, do all these things, do devotions in the morning and in the evening, even if I did not have all the wildly pleasures that I could have desired at that point, even if I did not live comfortably, in terms of material, my material needs, yet I had peace. You know, Christ says 
that my peace I give you, not as the world gives peace, but my peace I give you. You know, there's that peace of Christ, there's that peace knowing that Christ is taking care of you, that the world cannot give. And Christ is saying that, you know, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. So Christ is implying that there's this pseudo peace that the world is giving. You know, there's that peace that you can get from having, you know, a million dollars in your bank account. There's that peace that you can have in knowing that you have, your house is paid up for, that your car is paid up for. Ah, there's that peace of knowing that you're working for the government and your job and your future is secure. But even in those, in those um, what I call quote-unquote security of life, you find that there's pockets of time in your existence when you don't have peace. And even when your house is paid for, and uh, you can have, you know, constant war in your house that is paid up for. And so the peace that the world gives you through a paid up house, you know, this it is still not peace. But Christ is saying that the peace that I give you, it is not as the world gives. And so uh, you, you, you come back to your senses and you say that even if I did not have the peace that the world gave, but the peace that Christ gave me was enough. And so you walk back to Christ and you think that, you know, because I've done so much sin, because I've committed so much sin before God, that he will not take me back as his son, that he will take me back as a servant and you always expect less. But Paul, but Paul says in Romans, I believe it's chapter, chapter 5, that when sin abounded, that grace abounded even more. But he's also warning us that despite grace abounding, then we shall not continue to sin so that grace may abound more. And uh, friends, uh, you know, I've seen the grace of God. I've seen the hand of God. You know, when Paul is saying that he's the chief of sinners, I don't know how Paul could have viewed himself as this chief of sinners. Or if he could be standing you and I with Paul on the line uh, before an identifying parade, so that the chief of sinners can be identified. I believe that you or me could have taken a pole position as the chief of sinners. But, you know, Christ, the love of Christ, I don't think that we understand the love of God. The love of God uh, is so deep. You know, it's deeper than the deepest sea. And it's bigger than the universe. You know, you cannot comprehend that even with those with those, uh, uh, with, with those examples or those illustrations, you still cannot comprehend, you know, how the love of God is. And sometimes we forget the love of God. Sometimes we forget how vast the grace of God is. And so we languish in sin and we languish in condemnation when Christ is calling us home. You remember that when, this, um, when, when, when the prodigal son is coming home, you know, when he's Still far away, you know, this, his father spotted him. And instead of the son, you know, reaching home and then knocking on the gate, it is the father who opened the gate. And when he had seen his son far away in the hills, he ran to him. Uh, a friend of mine one, one said one time that it is us who always run away from God. God does not run away from us. It is always us who leaves home. God is constantly following us from behind and when the father that you are walking away from God, the father that you are walking away from God, it 
becomes a point that you are so far from God, you know, because he cannot keep chasing you forever and forcing you to love him, that the the voice of the Holy Spirit that Isaiah is talking about in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 30, you know, the, that voice that tells you to keep to the right or to the left, you know, that, that voice who is a teacher is withdrawn and not really withdrawn, but it... not really withdrawn but it um it 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 recedes so far it recedes away from you so far because um uh you've gone also so far and you know the steps that you have taken between you and the holy spirit are so far now uh today i just want us to share because i started this um podcast by saying that we'll be sharing from the book of psalms i really love the book of psalms and today when i woke up and uh, i was listening to the playlists in my phone while still in bed you know i remembered a recording which i had done on um on psalm chapter one and today uh I, I took up my bible and i saw that i'd like i lighted much of psalms chapter four so I just want us to go through Psalms chapter 4 in um, in 5 minutes. And Psalms uh, chapter 4 says, The safety of the faithful and uh, to the chief musician with stringed instruments. This is a psalm of David. In verse 1 he says that, Hear me when I call, O Lord, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. So this is a prayer of David and he's starting by saying, Hear me when I call on you, O God, my of my righteousness. G- David recognized that God, you know, his righteousness was not coming from himself. And he's acknowledging that the God that he serves is the God of his righteousness. You know, this is was righteousness by faith before righteousness by faith became, you know, something uh, that, you know, became a pillar of the reformation and he thinks that you have relieved me from my distress he's acknowledging god for coming to his aid aid and have mercy on me and hear my prayer you know i like the word mercy because mercy is invoked when justice should be done you know the bible is full of instances where god is showing his mercy and mercy is given instead of punishment and so david when he's saying have mercy on me this was a man who was recognizing that he is not righteous by any standards of god and so he's seeking mercy because without mercy he could not stand before god and in verse 2 he says how long O you sons of men will you turn my glory to shame how long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood you know that's the voice of god speaking that how long you know will the sons of men turn the glory of god to shame and how long will they love worthlessness you know the the world these days love what love uh, what worthlessness and you know the, the the things which god wore uh, put on us as his glory you know things like marriage things like sex things like um uh, things like sexuality things that you know we have turned all these things to shame and the versions that now we are practicing are really shameful and uh, in verse 3 says but know that the lord has set apart for himself him who is godly 
the Lord will hear when I call to him. You know, David was saying that, you know, in each and every generation, God has always set himself up, set for himself apart, you know, a remnant, a people who are trusting in him, who are God-fearing, who are, you know, who love God and who who love the truth. And so David is saying that, but know that the Lord has set for himself apart who is godly and even in our generation today you know despite the fact that the world is rife with sin you know sin is everywhere but like lot uh, when when peter is describing lot is saying he's saying that that man lot was continually vexed by the the sinfulness that he observed around him and so there are also people in this generation maybe you and i who are trying to be godly who are trying so much to live according to, to God's standards. And uh, in verse 4, he says, Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. You know, this is just an advice on, on daily living. And then he says in verse 5, That offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. You know, offering offering your sacrifices of righteousness. Uh, Christ, um, God says that, you know the sacrifices of fat rams and burnt offerings i did not desire you did not desire that is um the same david is saying of god in psalms chapter 51 you did not de- that god does not desire so much our sacrifices of tithes our sacrifices of of you know meeting offerings our sacrifices of development offerings our sacrifices of all these things you know uh but he desires the sacrifice of obedience and in this instance god is saying that the sacrifices of righteousness is what he desires so much from us you know but we always insist first of all in pleasing seeming to please god with how we tithe or how we give offerings or how we attend church and all these physical things but god is saying that he's interested in our heart and in our offerings of righteousness in verse 5 in verse 6 he says there are many who say who will show us any good lord lift up the light of your countenance upon us you know uh in a generation as sinful as ours you know there david is saying there are many of us who say who will show us any good you know is there any good that is remaining among us is any there anybody left who is practicing righteousness is there anybody left you know who is faithful in their marriage is there anybody left who is faithful in tithing is there anybody left who is keeping the sabbath holy is there anybody else who is uh, doing righteousness who is you know abstaining from from fornication and all those things and but um and he's pleading with god with god that lord lift up the light of your countenance upon us you have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased i will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone O lord make me dwell in safety amen and uh, verse 8 finishes off beautifully that lord i will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone O lord make the me dwell in safety that's such a powerful statement you when you recognize you know when you speak of david we speak of david's faithfulness to god but often we do not speak we do not see you know the the, the accolades of david or the the feats that he achieved this is a man that 
killed giants. He started with Goliath. You know, he used to wrestle with lions and he became king. And then, you know, he defeated the, the Philistines. And in his time, you know, the, the Israel was really, really, really powerful militarily. And, uh, you know, David, even apart from his faithfulness to God, this was a man who was wealthy. You know, he was a king. And the king is saying, that I will lie, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. David is saying that not his armies, not his money, not his gold, not his silver, not his palace, not his servants, you know, not the chariots that he has in his army, not the cavalry that he has, not the fortifications of the city of Jerusalem, but only the Lord will make him what? dwell in safety that's such a powerful statement and for us who are living in these present times we need to realize that it's only god who make us dwell in safety it's only god that make your marriage dwell in safety it is only god that make your job that you go to each and every day dwell in safety it is only god who sustains even your health and makes you safe come back safely in the house and so Psalms chapter 4, you will go through it again and again and you'll, 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 you'll feel, you know, the, the, the passion of David in this psalm and I hope that you'll be, it will be a lesson. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to listen to this podcast today. I know that uh, I've taken so long to post, but I'll be posting regularly and sharing with you, dear listener, even if it's one listener out there always listening to this Adventist Voice podcast. I hope that you are blessed and I'm also blessed as I go through these verses and then pray with you. Now I wish to pray with you and then uh, we shall end. Let's pray. Jehovah God, Father in heaven, I thank you, Jehovah, my Father, for this morning. I don't know where, what time it is at the time zone of any listener, but whatever it is, time it is, Jehovah God, you are present there. Lord, my Father, in my side it is morning. As we start this morning, Jehovah, Lord, my Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit may be with us, Jehovah God, that my Father, you are, may guide us through the day, Jehovah Lord. We are only wretched creatures, Jehovah my Father, and we are only made of dust. And sometimes we sin against you, Jehovah Lord, and we seek for your mercy, Jehovah my Father, and for your grace. And Jehovah my Father, you are faithful to grant this state to us. Jehovah, my Father, because of your grace and because of your mercy, we are not consumed by your anger. Jehovah, Lord, my Father, Jesus, I thank you for interceding for us, Jehovah, Lord, for always praying before the Father, for on our behalf, Jehovah, Lord, God in heaven. And when one day we shall reach into heaven, Jehovah, God, and be caught up with you in the clouds, we shall not claim our righteousness, Jehovah, Lord, but we shall say, Jehovah, God, that you are wearing the righteousness of Christ. Jehovah, my Father, we claim your righteousness, my Father, God, by faith. And Jehovah, my Father, that your righteousness and your faithfulness will keep us, Jehovah, my Father. Thank you for your word in Psalms chapter 4. And thank you, Jehovah, God, my Father, for this time that you have had to share your word. As we start our day, Jehovah, God, or as we progress with our day wherever we are, I pray, Jehovah, God, that your Holy Spirit may walk with us to guide us in the right path. For this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, dear listener. Until we meet again, uh, bye-bye.